0: Hey, hey, we are back with another episode of the Behind the Host podcast. So this is On the Boostly Podcast. My name is Liam Carolan, and today we are joined by a guest who is a host from the USA. He's going to be talking about some really interesting things, particularly how he's helping healthcare professionals get out of of their, their current work and become financially free, which is going to be really cool you're going to want to listen into this because we're going to talk about uh, this host's journey on how he got started. Also uh, some of the challenges, some of the tech and that side sort of things. So listen in for the next 20 or 30 minutes and uh, yeah, see what you can learn on there. We have gone live on Facebook for those listening on the podcast afterwards. So if you do hear me talking about any of the things happening on screen, then you'll know what I'm referencing. So uh, our special guest today, I'll uh, I'll just introduce him and then I'll let him give his backstory as to how he got started in hospitality, is Alex Sabio. And he's got five doors. They're based on in the Smoky Mountains and also in the Gulf Shores of Alabama. And uh, yeah, I'm really excited to to speak with him today and have him on the show. So welcome along, Alex. Liam, thank you for having me. Really excited to be here. Awesome. Awesome. So for the people listening in, if you can explain how you got started in hospitality, that would be an awesome place to, to get started.
1: Yeah, I wish I had a really cool story, but I kind of had this long way till I finally got into hospitality. As far as uh, family history, my great aunt actually owned a motel in, on the Las Vegas Strip, And for some reason, that kind of always intrigued me. And it's kind of weird. My, my grandparents also owned a lot of real estate but they had 12 kids, over I think 30 grandkids. Hardly any of us got into real estate, and for some reason, I was one of the only ones. But started investing in long-term rentals, made a ton of mistakes. Almost every single mistake you could make was an awful investor. Uh, eventually, wanted to start growing my portfolio, and I started doing some research. And people kept saying, you know, start looking into short-term rentals. And I was like, what is that? I have no idea what that is. And then my my tax professional actually brought it up. She said, we can get you a nice tax break to the point where you're paying zero in taxes. And a lot of us healthcare professionals, we earn a good income and sometimes that's what it is that draws us in. And so we wound up getting into short-term rentals um, mid 2020. So not that long ago, but it was in the middle of the pandemic and it's been amazing ever since. So.
0: I mean, that's quite a brave move in the middle of the pandemic. Was there any worries about starting it at that time, or had you already just made the commitment and you had to go ahead with it? Oh my
1: god, huge worries! And like I said, I've been an awful investor. I've I've been scammed out of money. I've had a foreclosure. I've had a bankruptcy. Like I've, like I said, I've made a lot of mistakes. And now here I was putting all of my money into a short-term rental. I'm here in Southern California and the rental is in the Smoky Mountains. So it's 2000 miles away. And I never been there like prior to even hearing about it. And people I work with are like, are you crazy? We're in the middle of a pandemic. The economy might fall off the side of a cliff here. We don't know what we're doing, but I ran the numbers and it made so much sense to me. me. And I just dove all in. I think I had like $5,000 left to my name. Put all my eggs into it, and I'm so glad I did it because I gained so much from it. So
0: it's it's often a, a theme that we see on on the behind the host podcast is is it is about being brave. You know, there is that moment where yes. there's always risk involved, but the important thing you said there is you've done your your due diligence and the numbers worked. So, is there any tips or any? Can you talk us through how you done your numbers just in brief so people listening in can get an idea of of if they want it to get started, what, what they need to look at. I think the biggest thing is find people
1: that are experts in the industry that'll help guide you, especially if you're brand new, because a lot of times you can overanalyze things. And there are things that you're going to overanalyze that really don't matter. Before getting into short-term rentals, I was analyzing a lot of multifamily deals. And it's extremely analytic, like you are breaking down all of these numbers. And so I started learning how to underwrite large multifamily deals, like large apartment complexes. And then when I put those tools to, I mean, there's tons of spreadsheets out there that will help you analyze that. But when I put the numbers into a short-term rental, I said, wait a minute, this thing's generating three, four times more income than this apartment complex that I was gonna get into. And then it was really finding a real estate agent and finding a community that invests in short-term rentals that kind of put you at ease like you know you don't really need to worry about that that's you know very uh, minute detail and you're gonna just be generating so much income but yeah like I look at people that analyze like long-term rentals they'll have like this long pro forma of all of these expenses but what I can tell you with short-term rentals it's
0: much more of an art than it is a science Definitely, definitely. There's uh, there's so many more variables than the long term, isn't there? Often you can get price per square foot, or, or or you know, priced up per area or per bedroom, and that sort of thing. Whereas this is very much it depends on the style of the place, the um, you know where you're advertising, who you're advertising to, all all of that side of things all makes a difference to that bottom line income. So going back to 2020, you've you've invested in the Smokies. How did the journey go from that first investment to where you are now how what was the steps was it did you go literally add one every few months or or talk us through how that happened well right away i mean
1: our first guest i mean we didn't even do it right and i could tell you i wasn't you know the i don't have all the answers i kind of figure stuff out as i go but i remember when we launched we got our first guest we didn't even have linens on the on any of the the uh, beds and we made a mistake of going live too early and he wound up booking $500 a night times four nights. And I was like, oh my gosh, there's something here, right? Like my mortgage was almost completely paid for for the first guest for four nights. And so right away, we knew we had something. It was almost like we had an ATM machine that was printing money. And like I said, I, I had been investing in long-term rentals. So what was happening is I I had all these long-term rentals that were generating 100, 200, 300 bucks a month, and They were kind of a pain in the butt to tell you the truth. I'd have evictions and, you know, guests our tenants would leave like every year. So eventually what I started doing is I needed to get as many of these short-term rentals as possible. And so I just started selling off all of these different long-term rentals and I would do what's called a 1031 exchange where I would sell one property and then I would buy another one. So that's really how I scaled up pretty fast because I did have a nice base of long-term rentals that had
0: built up. A little bit of equity there. So. Got it. So the model that you've got is these are bought short-term rental units for that purpose of of investment. This is to uh, to offset the tax. Is that correct? Offset the taxes. And my tax lady, she said,
1: you know what, you get a nice tax break here. And by the way, a lot of my clients make a little bit of cash flow from it too. She should have started off with. My clients are making so much more ca- cash flow, and on the back end, that they're getting a nice tax break because
0: that's really what it's been for me. That's what we like to call a wow moment. Is that moment where you suddenly go, "Hang on, <laughs> what have I discovered? You know, is this an ATM? Right. You know, is this uh, if if I had more of this, I could be making so much more." Which is obviously what you've then done. You've 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 found something which works, and went, "Well, you know, let's let's not do the rest of this. Let's put all my eggs in into this uh, into this sort yeah. of." Structure and into this model, which is really cool. And when did the time come when you then looked away from the the Smokies? You mentioned the Gulf Shores.
1: Yeah, it's it's kind of been a bucket listing for me. Coming from where I come from, I've never thought that I would be able to have a beach home, and that's kind of always been something that I always romanticize about. Like, how in the world are these people owning beach homes? And I just networked with so many different investors out there. And I had a lot of friends that were in this beach community that were making good money. And I felt comfortable enough to say, hey, you know what? I could probably realize my dream of owning a beach home and, you know, make a nice, you know, profit in that area. So that one took me about another year to really start getting the ball rolling. And then it was kind of like burning the boats because now I'm going all in at that point. Um, and this is a little over a year ago. I'm selling all my long-term rentals off because at that point, I think I had one eviction and then someone else was going to move out. And I said, you know what? Let's just sell them. And then we wound up buying three
0: beachfront homes in the Gulf Shores of Alabama. Nice, nice. And uh yeah. I mean, you mentioned two things which I want to pick up on that. One is you you had the contacts and the network. So what advice would you have for for people listening around, you know, building those contacts? Is this from the net, the contacts that you've got within real estate? Or is this from looking yeah. around for people who are in hospitality? What? How did that come about?
1: Oh, my gosh. I think, Liam, networking is your biggest ROI because networking, networking doesn't cost you a dime. It's really your time just going out there. And meeting other investors, I'd go on these all these Facebook group pages, and I would just obsess with whatever I learned. Because, like you said, uh, I felt like I had the answer. Like it was almost like I had this life hack. Like, oh my god, I'm making all of this cash flow from short term rentals, and I'm not paying anything in taxes. And for me, I just wanted to shout it out to the world. Like this is really what I'm doing. And so I went on all these Facebook groups, and I wasn't expecting anything to come from it. I would just reach out to all these people and just share anything that I knew, right? And so it got to a point where I was obsessed with helping as many people as possible, just answering all of their questions. And then what came from that is just building like this short-term rental community where we just all help each other. Right. And that's really what it came to. I mean, I found I helped all these people get into short-term rentals and then they were buying in all these different markets
0: and because I help them so much, they're like, of course I'll share knowledge with you. It's so so different in this industry, isn't it? Where you do find that hosts for the most part are happy to share experience, share knowledge. And it's such yeah. a it's a cool club to be in, the the kind of hospitality world because people, I guess it comes with the the territory of of actually hosting, you know, like is is being amenable to people and and helping people enjoy their stay. It kind of is the same with when you've got groups and communities of of hosts together, which is really cool. So we're definitely going to dive into the the Facebook uh, the Facebook group, which you've built, which is going to be awesome. But so you've got these, uh, these properties. Do you self-manage or do you use a management agent? How does it work? And where do you advertise to get guests? We do self-manage. It's crazy, right? I self-manage from 2,000 miles away.
1: My wife was able to retire from her W-2 job. So she kind of helps manage that the day-to-day uh, operations while I still go and work. I'm getting close to retirement here, uh, hopefully soon here. But yeah, we have a PMS system, a dynamic pricing
0: system, and now we've hired uh, virtual assistants to kind of help us with the business. Oh, amazing. Amazing. And uh, again, I want to dive into, into that in more detail. So you're, we love to talk tech and that side of things. So let's let's dive into that now. What is your, what tech helps you to manage from that far away? And if I was a host sitting there thinking, you know, I know, you know, there's some great places that I'd love to invest, but I'm worried about investing from this far away. What tech has helped you specifically to, to do that? Well, I
1: use a uh, pretty basic tech. Um, I use Guesty for hosts as my, um, my PMS. I've been looking around at different ones. Um, it's really difficult. Like a lot of them have goods and some bads, and it's really hard to find like the perfect one. I'm actually in a trial right now because I'm thinking about switching, but not really in love with that one. Uh, mm-hmm. We use Price Labs as our dynamic pricing tool. What you'll find is a lot of cleaners also, they have their own tech because we love turnover BNB um, where it automatically pays our, our our cleaners. The other thing I do, a little bit different than a lot of hosts, I, I put a lot of um, dynamic QR codes in my uh, short-term rentals. And what I do is I go there and I videotape and put on YouTube like a video on how to operate the hot tub like a lot of people have never been in a hot tub before and have no idea how to turn it on and so like close to the hot tub there's a QR code and it says if you're ever having issues with the hot tub scan this QR code and it's a video of me like showing them how to troubleshoot the hot tub so that's that tech and as far as um, helping new investors what I would say is you don't have to have like all the answers up front like uh and I think that's what I struggled with at first. I remember when I got a, a property under contract. I completely obsessed and dove into every single podcast, every YouTube video I could watch, and I had to get the right like door lock and the right channel manager, the right pricing software. And then, like thirty days later, I wound up changing everything. Yeah. so it doesn't have to be perfect. you could learn, you're going to make mistakes along the way and find something that suits you
0: so. I like that. Start now and get perfect later, basically. That's just a case. Right. Of, there's so That's much so overwhelm in my story. Yeah. It's so much overwhelm, isn't there? For, there's so many bits of technology that you could use as a host or so many things that you could could do. And a lot of people might be listening to this and think, hey, I need to start off with all that stuff. But the truth is it, it gets built over a period of time, right, where you just, you're just building it up. And I love, just to sort of clarify some of the, the tech, so Guesty for hosts is an awesome PMS property management system, which helps you for your controlling your calendars and managing the day to day. You've yes. got labs, which helps you with dynamic pricing. So for who's yes. not familiar with it, it's you know case of it'll it'll put in the prices which is right for that time, for that month and for the area, that sort of thing, which is cool. And then you mentioned you've got this method where you're going to the units or getting somebody to film the, you know, how to work different different parts of it and then to have the QR code is just so important and that's something which literally anyone can do because you've even got free QR generators but such an important detail to your guest changes their experience doesn't it so that's really cool you just reminded me of a we've actually got the we've got a Facebook community the hospitality community and I saw a post in there today which basically was talking about the somebody had stayed in a place with a hot tub And they didn't know what buttons to press and they were sent sort of written instructions, but just didn't know what's Mm -hmm. in that situation. Your QR code would have solved that and been given this guest a a great experience. So, uh, yeah, that's amazing. And And... let's face it, people don't want to read on vacation.
1: You send them like a list of stuff. If it's longer than like a paragraph, they're not going to want to read it and they're going to give you a bad review or they're going to just skip it. I really try to condense my video to 30 seconds to 60 seconds. Watch this video, push this, push this, push this.
0: And I'm trying to walk them through it. So it's so important, isn't it? Just to have that short, sharp and video is just so much more engaging. I mean, when I get some information, you don't want to read, especially if you, are I mean, I might read it if I'm the passenger of the, in, in the car seat, you know, like reading through on the way to the place, but a video I'll, if it takes 30 seconds to watch, I'll watch it. Whenever it comes yes. to, you know whenever you need it, and one of the things that I found which is has helped me recently is, is actually we use WhatsApp a lot of the time in the UK especially mm. in europe and we've found by WhatsApping like video tours of the place across before they come they, they go hey thanks for booking here's a link to the guide or the link to what to do in the local area or here's a you know a video guide of where you're staying, and it just gets so much more engagement. You always get somebody say yes they you know, reply to it which is cool. Right. So let's dive, obviously, I feel like I've got to know where your properties are. I feel, uh, you know, myself and the audience would be able to uh, understand the business model as to, as to what you've done there. When it comes down to the uh, the day-to-day sort of routines and running of it, is it yourself who's on the guest messages or is it yourself? Did you say your wife as well is in it? Yes, yes. Uh, it's kind of embarrassing how much time we spend.
1: We hardly spend any time at all. If you have a well-written message that kind of lays everything out. And if you're, like I said, if you have the QR codes where guests can figure stuff out, they don't contact you that much. Obviously there's gonna be some guests there that contact you that that don't know how to operate certain things, you know, but for the most part, like I said, it's, it's kind of embarrassing. We focus more on the business, more than like the guest communication, probably two times more than the guest com- communication part of it. So probably five, 10 minutes a day,
0: but that's if that. <laughs> By having a good PMS, good systems, you know, in place, then and that allows you to to concentrate on the other areas of the business you want want to work on. And is there been yes. anything which has changed to a, a kind of perception that when you went into starting hospitality, has there been anything that's changed perception wise over the time that you've been doing this? So since 2020, when you first entered, you know, the world of hospitality, was it something you thought then, which has completely changed now? Uh, maybe a mindset
1: more than anything. I think when you get your first property, there's all of these things that you worry about. And to tell you the truth, you guys are worrying too much about it. Like I, I, I probably spent 30 hours researching the right door lock. Which door lock am I gonna get? And to be honest with you, it doesn't really matter. I mean, there is one that I prefer, but I have another house that just has a, a key mm-hmm. because I, we we can't put a a thing on there. But the one thing we start focusing in on now is creating a standard operating procedures. Mm-hmm. Imagine if we create if we all like built a restaurant and we were just the chef and we're cooking everything. But imagine if you have to call in sick or if, imagine if you want to expand your business, there's no way you could cook in two different restaurants. And so what we really focus in on is just writing everything down on uh, not paper but we do have a program And we'll have, because there's so much to remember, like when are the permits due? Like, hey, the coffee maker is probably going to break every six months. Go ahead and reorder it. And here's the link to order it and then send it to this person. And I really focus in on that aspect of it now because now I hire virtual assistants. And now I feel like I could just expand the business to where if I hire a virtual assistant, they can just follow it step by step by step and make it really easy. And if I have to lose, if I ever lose that virtual assistant, I can hire another virtual assistant where they can just plug and play and just jump right in. So that's kind of the different mindset now is now I'm writing everything down on paper. And there's a lot of stuff that you focus in on, like I said, as an initial host, like what kind of couches and what kind of sheets that you get. And then now kind of at a different level, like we really need to write everything down to so that way we can
0: just expand the business and duplicate it. That's really cool. That's really cool. And you mentioned VAs, obviously, there. So if I was a host listening in on this, what would you say to somebody who's thinking about getting their first VA? What what advice would you give them? A, should they do it? And B, is there any tips you'd have to, to make it an easier process?
1: I see a lot of people that don't succeed hiring a VA. And I, you'll definitely get like bad ones here and there. And sometimes it's the luck of the draw. But what my mentality is, I always tend to put the blame on me. And so I always say, What am I doing to where they're not successful? Right. And that's where creating the standard operating procedure like, I mean, I have it written down to where it's almost impossible to fail. Click on this link to pay my bill. And then here's the username and then the password. I use this app so that way they can, they don't see my password, they could just log in. Click billing, click on this. Like you really have it. And not only that, you have it to where, hey, every Monday, this is your task. Every Wednesday, this is your task. Every Friday, this is your task, or something like that. So that's what I would do. As far as hiring a VA, really hone in on your systems initially and start creating your systems with the mindset that you're going to hire one in the future. Because some people, their first short term rental, they might not generate enough income to be able to hire a va right but start creating that system to where you finally get to two or
0: three then you could hire one out and that is it's just so important i know that was a mistake that i made i thought i had my systems written down i thought i had everything uh you know done and what i now realized as soon as i hired my first va i realized how many holes there were in my (laughs) and, and things like that and it can help you by taking on a VA to realize what you need to write down more of for the future. Yes, Obviously Improved things since since the first VA, which is cool. Yes. Yes. You mentioned there was a couple of couple of bits tech, which we always love to extract all the details. So you mentioned there's a lock smart lock that you prefer just for people listening in. Is who is that and why do you prefer that that smart lock? Yeah, I use the On code. It's been really good for me because
1: Guesty4host actually integrates with that lock and it creates the door code. The guest's last four digits of their phone phone number. I mean, it's only good from the time they check in to the time they check out. That's been uh, kind of a game changer for me because we used to have another lock which sent the guests a random code and all the time they were contacting us. Hey, what's the door code again? It didn't matter how many times. Like I sent it to them, they always forgot. But now my message is, hey, your door code is going to be the last four digits of your phone number. And it's extremely rare that they ask for that now. So, yeah, I'm trying to automate it as much as I can to reduce that, you know, the messaging. And so for me, that's been the game changer. They're a pain in the butt to get a hold of because there's a, there's been a shortage of them, but it seems like they're back in supply. So hopefully
0: they'll be easier to get a hold of here. Hey, they're popular. That's why if, uh, you know, but that is fantastic because you're removing the friction for the guest of having to keep another number. I mean, we all got numbers that you have to keep pin codes and things like that in your head. Whereas if it is just the last four digits when that guest yeah. turns up, they're not having to overthink about it. You're removing the friction, then you're getting less calls, which which is brilliant. So, yeah, definitely worth So what was the name of that lock? That what was it again? Uh, the Slaygon Code. Slaygon Code. Okay. Slaygon Code, yeah. yeah. Slaygon Awesome. So I kind of feel we've got to grips with the the tech within your business. One thing we've got to ask about is your awesome Facebook community. So um, I know it is based around healthcare professionals and, and that side of things. But talk us through, uh, you know, how the Facebook group came about. I know you said that you help another host, but what has the effect been by having a big Facebook group uh, that you that you own on Facebook?
1: Well, I'm a respiratory therapist, right? Uh, So I'm in healthcare and we started in the global pandemic. And Mm -hmm. as you know, COVID was a respiratory disease and we were absolutely slammed. And what I found is, I mean, I'm the guy running the life support machine, right? That's me. Uh, We are the front of the front lines. And what I found is a lot of my coworkers, they're absolutely miserable. Uh, The Mm -hmm. nurses, the doctors, they all felt the same way. They're just completely overwhelmed. like, And they're thinking, I can't do this anymore. But they looked at me during in the middle of COVID, all of a sudden, my wife was able to retire, who was also a respiratory therapist. And then they started saying, well, I want to do that. I don't want to do this anymore. I just want to work part time. Most of us healthcare workers absolutely love it. We just hate all the politics. And I think every career is like that. They They have the politics at their job. And they got into that career for whatever reason, because they enjoyed doing what they did. But, you know, there's all this politics that gets in the way. And so I had healthcare workers coming after me, coming wanting to talk to me day day after day. And at the end of my 12, 16-hour shift, I would spend two, three, four hours talking to different healthcare professionals. Really what I did, and it's really just telling the same exact story I'm telling you guys right now. And it kind of inspired them to get into short-term rentals. For me, I created the community just to make better use of my time. Because here I was spending 10, 20 hours a day giving the same exact spiel. And I said, you know what, I'm just going to start having online meetups. Then I said, you know what, I'm just going to have an online Facebook group where we can all add value to each other, where it's not just me coming at one, just with one perspective. So that Facebook group has grown tremendously in the past. I think I've only started it a year. And now we host online meetups once a week where we have like industry uh, professionals and different realtors, different investors kind of sharing their stories. So that's been an awesome reward for me. So.
0: And it sounds, I mean, the, the Facebook group has grown. I saw it's over over 3,000 people in the group in, in yes. Ralph which is amazing. And also, I mean, if, if there's people who are out there listening to this right now, either on the Facebook Live or listening to it back on the podcast, can anybody join? And if so, how would they join? Yeah, you guys could
1: join. I'll approve you guys. So it's on Facebook. It's called Healthcare Professionals Investing in Real Estate. Most of the people there are in healthcare, but I'll go ahead and approve you guys. Uh, And what you'll find, it's kind of crazy because you have this weird perception of different people. Like they're making so much money. They probably don't have, you know, why would they be investing in real estate like me? But you'll find that a lot of us individuals, are. we all have the same problems. Mm -hmm. We're all going through the same crap, you know, and we're all wanting more time with our family we're all wanting financial freedom so we the community's been amazing where does not matter if you're ceo of a hospital or like a
0: respiratory therapist like me we're all collaborating and working together so. i think at any level it's about having more control over your life isn't it and that's what the short-term mm-hmm. industry does allow you to do with good systems right. and, and and to be able to do that which is amazing and, and clearly something which has worked for for yourself alex soaps Is there any other tips or any other advice you'd like to share with anybody listening before we go on to our uh, quick fire sort of fun questions?
1: I think the question is um, what I get all the time, like when I tell people about short-term rentals, they always ask, they start the question with these three words, but what if? Hey, but what if there's a party? But what if you're buying at the top of the market and it crashes? But what if I get sued? But what if, but what if, but what if? There's all these but what ifs. And I always flip. Flip it around on them and I say, yeah, but what if it works out? I mean, there's all of these like successful stories. I mean, for me, it worked out, but what if you learn a skill set? But what if your wife was able to retire from her W 2? But what if you're able to replace your W 2 income? There's all of these positives on the other side of that. But I think we tend to focus in on
0: all the but what ifs, all those negatives that can happen. So I think that's brilliant. That's brilliant advice. And, and ultimately, you mentioned that there's been times in life which you know investments haven't worked out and that things haven't. But yeah. from each and every one of those, you build skills, you build experience, you know, and you take all of that into the next the next venture, which is uh, which is really cool. So, right. Alex, thank you so much for that. So, what we'd like to do as we get towards the end is is ask just a couple of quick fire questions. So, I know when we first came on. So, it's 7am over there. So um, what is your morning routine as you're up and uh, you're ready for this? So what's your morning routine look like? Okay, so for
1: me, I'm extremely streaky. What that means is I have to do something routinely. If I break that routine, I will make an excuse and not do it again. So today, uh, I wake up four in the morning and I go to the gym. Um, I go every single day. Today is the 96th day in a row. I've gone to the gym and it's uh, one hour a day, but yeah, I wake up early in the morning and actually I'm a healthcare worker. So I start on my shift at 6 six a.m. So I, I wake up at four, get myself to
0: the gym and then uh, get showered ready by 5.30, I'm off to work, so. Amazing, amazing. So what is one gadget or one purchase that you've made which you, has really helped you in the last few years um, I could tell you something that's
1: just helped me uh, within the last month or so, but this is something called the slide deck or, oh. or, or stream deck, right? And yeah. I saw that Mark had it and it's like, it's almost like creating your, your desktop into like a smartphone where you could have icons and you just click on that and it takes you, I mean, it streamlines it so fast. Like my daily routine is click this, click this, click this like that. So anyway, stream deck Highly recommend it. They're not paying me for this. I got the extra large version. I think Mark has the same thing. I'm not sure if you have the same thing. I, uh, I spent extra money. so
0: I haven't yet, but literally Mark has said to me, get a stream deck. You've now said yeah. get a stream deck. So after the call, I'm going to go and buy a stream deck. So uh, right. that's, that's amazing. <laughs> what is the most recent program TV series that you've really got into that you absolutely love? Well, I don't know. i
1: a big Game of Thrones guy, and I'm like the house of the dragons is like much watched tv it's sunday right now or actually it's saturday so tomorrow i can't wait to watch the season finale of that so it's like i always binge watch stuff and i hate like waiting like this you know but anyway i can't get like the whole day stops
0: i have to watch that so i love that yeah i was a big game of thrones fan especially the early part of it and now watch the house of the dragon that is it's really good isn't it it's, it's really recommend it phenomenal um... yeah <laughs> And we always love to end the, uh, the, the show with who inspires you? I
1: think my grandparents really inspired me. Here I saw them. they had 12 children. Um, they actually uh, left 11 of them behind in the Philippines to seek out a new life in America. I have four kids of my own. I can't imagine that sacrifice to leave all your kids behind so that way they can have a better life. And every single one of those kids was able to come from the Philippines to America to really have a better life. For their kids, right? So they've inspired me. They've both passed now since, um, you know. But they started investing in real estate. I kind of picked up the real estate bug uh, from them. So
0: that's cool. That's cool. And what a nice way to 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 bring it to a close. So for for you know, I I feel like we've learned a lot. Obviously about the tech side, about uh, managing uh, properties from from afar, and also just mindset. This today's uh, podcast has been a lot around the mindset and around just taking action, which is amazing. For people listening in, if they want to get in touch with your portfolio, what's the best way to do so? Really active on social media. You could find me
1: at the real Alex Sabio on Instagram. I don't know why I chose that name. I, it's a stupid name. But if you just type in Alex Sabio, I'm sure I'll come up. Or Facebook, you could type in Alex
0: Sabio or my Facebook community, Healthcare Professionals Investing in Real Estate. Find me on Facebook there. Amazing. Thank you so much, Alex, for coming on today. This has been really enjoyable. And yeah, I hope the uh the rest of your day goes well. Any closing comments just before we close off the uh the live? No, just thank you for having me. I'm really excited. I, I actually need to hook up with you guys because my direct
1: booking game is awful. That's something I need to improve. You don't have to have a perfect, but eventually we're we're
0: getting there. So we can definitely talk about <laughs> that. We'll we'll talk more about that for sure. So thanks very much, Alex. And uh yeah, take care for now.